This is the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast, episode number two. Today's topic is guidelines and dilutions for making safe and effective aromatherapy products. You're listening to the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast with your host, Liz Fulcher. If you're interested in learning about essential oils, hearing interviews with industry experts, and discovering ways to grow your own aromatherapy business, this is the podcast for you. For more information and show notes, visit the website at aromaticwisdominstitute.com. Now sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy as Liz shares a dose of aromatic wisdom. Hello and welcome to the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast. This is your host, Liz Fulcher, and I want to say thank you first and foremost for those of you that listened to episode number one last time, and I got such great support and feedback from everyone, a lot of comments on the on the, the podcast page of the website. So I just want to say thank you so much. I know how valuable time is for everyone, and to have taken the time to listen and give me feedback on what did and didn't work was incredibly generous. So thank you very much. Okay, so now we're going to jump right in today's fun, fun topic of um, blending and proper dilution so that you can make your own aromatherapy products that are safe and effective. Really, one of the most fun aspects of working with essential oils is blending. And in particular, blending them into a carrier and making your own products. You can do something as simple as taking lavender essential oil, blending it into cream and having a body lotion, and that is a product. So basically anything that you create with essential oils and a carrier, I would call a product. I think that beginners beginners to the modality of aromatherapy are often intimidated by the concept of blending, but honestly, it is not that hard. You just have to master a couple of basic principles like knowing the proper amounts of essential oil to add to the carrier, which of course we'll be covering today. And once you kind of get those parameters under your belt, you can really let your creativity shine in making aromatherapy products. The sky is the limit with what you can do. You can make everything from salt scrubs, face creams, massage. You can make balms and ointments for pain and inflammation. Um, you can make products for, for kids and for seniors. Really, as I said, the sky is the limit, and the only limit is your imagination and creativity keeping within the parameters of safety. It's actually a great way to, to create a, a nice revenue stream for yourself is making and selling aromatherapy products. Okay, so I kind of wandered off. I went down this fun rabbit hole there for a second about making products. It's hard not to get excited about making products. Uh, but the bottom line that I'm trying to stress is that if you are going to use essential oils on the skin, you will need to dilute them in a carrier. So, of course, the next question that one wants to ask is why? Why do I have to use a carrier with my essential oils, Liz? Why can't I just take them and from the bottle and use them straight on my skin? And I'll tell you why. Because one indisputable fact about concentrated aromatics is that if they're applied to the skin straight from the bottle, they can cause irritation or an allergic reaction. And very often, this reaction does not show up straight away. There's a phenomenon called sensitization, where if you use an essential oil straight on your skin over and over again over a long period of time, you eventually can potentially develop an allergy to that oil because it's so concentrated. And honestly, I can't think of anything sadder than loving an essential oil very much, using it, using it, using it, 
developing an allergy to it, and then you can't use it anymore. So the best way to avoid that is just to start diluting all your essential oils in carriers before you add them to the skin. So the next question is, what is it? What is a carrier? What actually constitutes a carrier, an essential oil carrier? So broadly speaking, a carrier is any substance used to dilute essential oils. The most common carriers are vegetable oils like almond oil, jojoba oil. Uh, jojoba oil is actually a wax. The, the proper term is jojoba wax. You very infrequently see it written that way, but if you want to be correct, call it a jojoba wax. And it is one of the best carriers for a beginner to start with because there's, it's safe. Very few people have allergic reactions to it. And it has a super long shelf life. I actually did a blog post on the benefits of jojoba oil. And I will put the link to that blog post in the show notes so that you can read about it. Another uh, carrier oil, which I'm currently in love with, is Tamanu oil. And I just did a blog post about that last week. And I'll put that in the notes as well. So the vegetable oils all make really great carriers, and I'll explain why in a minute. <clears throat> you can use creams, lotions, aloe vera gel. In theory, you could even use water as a carrier if you're making a room spray. But you do not want to use water as a carrier for skin application. In other words, if you wanted to make a nice body spray... You would not want to use essential oils and water and then spray it onto the skin. Now, to understand why not, I'm going to explain two properties of essential oils. So it's about to get a little teeny bit scientific. Okay. Basic essential oil property number one. Essential oils are not water-soluble. They have a different molecular density than water. And basically what that means is that essential oils are lighter than water, and so they won't dissolve. They will sit on top, and uh, they'll never become a part of the water. In my classroom, I have a copper still, and very often I like to do steam distillations so that the students can watch an essential oil being born. And in that process, um, there is water that becomes steam. The steam goes up through the, through the plant material. And what comes out is the steam turns back to water, and what comes out is water and essential oil. But you don't see the essential oil right away. At first, it's sort of a milky water. And little by little, you can start to see a film on the top of the water, and that is the essential oil from the plant. It's really exciting. This is especially fun to witness, um, and particularly dramatic, with a blue oil. So if you're distilling say, German chamomile flowers, the oil that comes out is blue. So you have this milky water, and then you've got this beautiful sheen of blue oils sitting on the top. So here's something fun. If you want to experiment to see this in action, or maybe use this as a lesson in your own aromatherapy classroom, add some blue oil to water. So take a, a blue oil like German chamomile, maybe blue tansy, something that's really vibrant in color and add it to a clear bottle with water in it. Those are expensive oils, but that's okay. You only need a few drops. Now give it a good shake and then let it sit for a minute. 
first it'll look like it's all mixed up and then little by little small droplets of oil form join with other droplets to make larger and larger drops until eventually the oil, all the oil comes back and settles on the top of the water. So that's always fun demonstration uh, showing how essential oils and water don't mix. Okay, basic essential oil property number two. This is a biggie. Essential oils are lipophilic. Now there's a $10 word. And what that means is that they dissolve or disperse in fat. When you add essential oils to a fatty carrier, like the vegetable oils I mentioned earlier, like lotion or cream, they dissolve to form one solution without any separation. Uh, essential oils are basically drawn to fat. They are good friends with fat. In fact, if at some point you get essential oil in your eye, and I promise you, you work with essential oils long enough, it will happen. We have essential oils on our hands. We tend to put our hands around our face. Ah, uh, just consider a rite of passage, a little essential oil in your eye. Um, what you want to do is do not use water to wash the essential oil out of your eye. Instead, what I recommend is that you take a vegetable oil. It can be olive oil, anything that you even use for cooking. Put it on a tissue and wipe that through your eye. The essential oils will cling to the oil on the tissue. It's quite remarkable, and there's a great safety tip. Okay, so we know that the carrier now acts as a buffer between the skin and the essential oils, uh, protecting the skin from irritation. And really, depending on the carrier you use, the carrier itself can add as a fabulous nourishing element to the product. So once the essential oil is on your skin, it's going to take anywhere from half an hour to an hour to completely absorb. This will depend on the carrier and the essential oil that you're using. So I'd like to actually clarify something about using essential oils neat and undiluted. Please do not misunderstand me. I'm not saying never, ever, ever use essential oils undiluted or neat. Sometimes there is a there is a an appropriate occasion, an appropriate amount to use essential oils undiluted. You would use them in like in a small area for local use for really acute situations and just for a little while. So an acute situation would be a bee sting or if you cut your finger. We, my family are campers. We love to go outside and be in nature and it's inevitable with every camping trip, somebody gets scratched. We have some kind of a topical abrasion. And in that case, I don't hesitate to use a drop of tea tree to kill bacteria to facilitate the healing. Uh, if there's someone that's burned from a campfire, I'll put a little bit of lavender on it. And those are very specific situations when I've made the choice to use an essential oil neat. So I guess the next question would be, how much essential oil should you put into your carriers? Now, we know that essential oils need to be added to carriers for the skin. We know that water is not the ideal carrier. We know it needs to be fatty. So how much? In the Aromatic Wisdom classroom, we make blends with a 1%, 2%, or 3% dilution. And... I'm going to, in the show notes, I'm going to put a chart so that you can see how many drops of essential oil to carrier make a 1%, 2%, 3% dilution. So um, this is so much easier to understand if you see it visually rather than to hear it. But basically the formula is simple. Five to six drops of essential oil in one ounce of carrier is 1%. This is math that even I can do. I have gifts, many gifts. Math is not one of them. So if five to six drops in one ounce of carrier is 1%, then 10 to 12 drops of essential oil in one ounce of carrier is 
2%. How would you make a 3% in one ounce? 15 to 18 drops. So going with uh, 1%, 2%, 3% and one ounce, it's five to six drops, 10 to 12 drops, 15 to 18 drops. Okay. So that's, that covers the dilutions. As I said, in the classroom, we use 1%, 2%, and 3%. Now, the guidelines, blending guidelines, would be when would you use 1%, when would you use 2%, and when would you use 3 or more percent. So here are the gu guidelines that I follow personally and that I teach my students. 1% dilution, which is 5 to 6 drops in 1 ounce of oil, is pretty light. It's a very safe dilution. So I save that for the, the people and the conditions that really need a light dilution. So for example, for, for uh, children, that's the obvious choice. I, I go 1%. For kids sort of six and under, I use 1%. And if someone has, is in any way uh, compromised, if they are not well, if they have a compromised immune system, if they have a history of just compromised health, and you're not sure about the dilution, go with 1%. It's better to err on the side of caution. If you're using a 1% dilution in the interest of safety and you find that you're really not getting the, the results that you wanted, perhaps the, you know, the therapeutic effect just isn't strong enough, if you find they're dealing well with the 1%, you can always go back and add a little bit more and make a 1.5% dilution. You could make it a 2% dilution. But as I said, if you're not really sure how the person's going to react, then I would definitely, um, I would keep it low at 1% dilution. If you do energetic work, vibrational aromatherapy, subtle aromatherapy, um, if it's something that is just emotional in nature, 1% is also uh, a good blend to start with. How about 2%? Okay, for 2%, that's kind of, I think of that as my everyday dilution percentage. So... Uh, I have a massage therapy practice. When I make a blend for my massage clients, I'll usually do it at a 2% dilution. When I make products for myself or when my students make products for themselves to use on a daily basis, like a body lotion, if you want to make uh, homemade toothpaste, if you wanted to make homemade shampoo, if you wanted to make a balm or something for pain and, and anything that's getting rubbed into the body, 2% dilution should be fine for a healthy adult. If someone doesn't have any, um, you know, they're not compromised, they respond really well to the essential oils. For, you know, basically a normal healthy adult, 2% is great. You can use that every day. 3% is getting higher. Now you've got 15 to 18 drops of essential oil in one ounce of carrier. So you want to be careful that you're not using too much essential oil too often. So I save the higher dilution out. I would go, I've gone up to 10% for, for a, a very specific, addressing a very specific issue. So <clears throat> for specific injuries like a bruise, a sprained ankle, um, even if there's a broken bone, you want to make an essential oil blend to help that condition, you can go to 3%. And again, you can go 3%, 5%, 7%, very much depends on the, the person receiving the blend, depends on the oils that you're using. This is why education is always so important when you're using essential oils. Even just following the dilution recommendations that I'm giving you, 
isn't quite enough. If you're starting to use heavier dosages, you want to start reading more books, asking questions. <clears throat> you, ugh, the air is so dry in my room where I, I live in Pennsylvania and it's just really cold right now. So I apologize for my voice. Anyway, um, if you're going with a heavier dilution, you feel that maybe a 5% is indicated and you're not sure, just pop into Facebook um, and uh, ask me. And I'm pretty good about answering quickly on Facebook. The URL address for my Facebook page is facebook.com slash Aromatic Wisdom Institute. And while you're there, don't forget to like the page. Okay, and now we've reached the final segment of the podcast, Smell My Life, Aromatic Moments in the Real Life of Liz Vulture. Thank you for your feedback on that. I was surprised how many people wanted me to call the segment Smell My Life, but that's fine with me. So the in the Smell My Life segment, I always share with you some real-life application of essential oils that I used. So my grandson came to visit a couple of days ago. He is seven, and he has a small play table where we do Play-Doh and Legos, and you know we sit together at this little table. We were going to do um, some arts and crafts, and the table was dirty. So I cleaned it off, and then I decided to sprinkle it with a little bit of lemon and orange and wipe it down. And I did that for two reasons, because it kills bacteria. We're getting into cold and flu season, and any surface that I can clean with essential oils to kill bacteria, I will. But also because... It's uplifting. Where I live, it's very gray right now in November, and the citrus oils are so happy and cheering and uplifting. So I sprinkled a couple of drops of lemon and orange, wiped it down with a sponge, let it dry, and then I put our arts and crafts supplies on the table, and we proceeded to play. So that about covers it for today's podcast episode on blending guidelines and dilutions. As I said in the show notes, I will put a chart for you. Um, if you want, you can even print it out and keep it at your blending table. It's nice to have it as a handy reference. And don't forget, if you have blending questions, contact me on Facebook. You can also email me, liz at aromaticwisdom.com. I'll put that in the show notes as well. And thank you once again for spending time with me. It's a real privilege for me to be here with you. Have a great week. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.